0: Hey, good morning. Follow me quickly to the book of Colossians, chapter 2, for this introductory scripture. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the first century church in the city of Colossae about what God wants most for them as new people, as people who have been brought from death to life by the saving work of Jesus Christ. He says this. He says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, as you've received his peace, You must continue to follow him. This isn't just about going to heaven anymore. It's about bringing heaven here today. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7. Let's pray as we begin. Jesus We are so grateful for you. We are so grateful that you love us and that you always lead to peace. And so even in this moment, as we're watching church from the couch, we ask that you would focus our hearts and our minds on you, that we might hear from you and leave today changed. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. And it's in your name that we pray. The name of Jesus. And we all said, amen. Amen. So we are on week three of our New Year, New You series, targeting who we believe God is calling us and leading us to become in this new year, 2021. And I'd just like to get this out there right away, the title for today's message. Just if you're taking notes, write this down. I'd like to call this message, Whatever You Do. Whatever you do. And the primary passage for today is Colossians chapter three. Whatever you And this message, it really speaks to something that affects everyone. Because everyone does something. Everyone does something. Everyone that's still breathing, independent of background or class or circumstance, everyone alive spends their days doing all sorts of things. We wake up, we eat breakfast, we grab a coffee. If you're wise like me, you drink many, many cups of coffee You get the kids ready, you go to work, you go grocery shopping, you mow the lawn, you listen to podcasts, you go on dates, you spin records, you play piano. We all do all sorts of things. Some are good, some are bad, some are neutral, some are on purpose, some are accidental, some are routine. And these things that we do, whatever you do, we we tend to, to create these little compartments or categories to put them in. We, we create these hashtags that assign importance and help us keep track of what's, of what's happening. Like for example, thinking about my own life. So if I was to create these categories, I would say, all right, making dinner at night for the kids. Where does that fit? Hashtag family, got it. Planning that presentation about second quarter profits. You go, ha- hashtag work. Yep, that makes sense. Washing the car, playing around the golf. Going hiking, taking pictures of your cat, Pastor Jeff, hashtag hobbies. We got it. Hashtag friends, you have it. Hashtag health, fun, romance, purpose, pleasure. We've got these categories for the things we do, for whatever you do. And we all have them, still one category that the majority of us watching today would have and say matters most in our lives is our faith, right? Hashtag faith. Yeah, it matters. it matters most to all who believe, but at least for me growing up in the church, even though I knew it was most important, it also seemed at times to be the most exclusive. The most exclusive category. Do you know what I mean? Like for my faith, um, like I could go to church. Hashtag, hashtag faith. That That worked. I could, uh, I could pray. I could read my Bible. I could listen to Christian music, DC talk all day long. I could maybe serve my community or help out at a food shelf as long as Bibles were being passed out or I was wearing my church T-shirt. It, this was my assumption. It wasn't right, but, but it was my assumption for what parts of my life could be categorized as faith. And it was pretty much just church stuff church stuff. But then, one day, I was asked a question in a bar, of all places. I was asked a question in a bar, a question that went on to challenge and shape my understanding of what fit where in my life. Now, if you're confused, I understand. Let me give you just a bit of backstory to help make sense of where I'm going with this. See, when I was a kid, I I wanted to play hockey. But my parents, they wanted me to have as many teeth as possible for as long as possible. And so they signed me up for music instead. First was piano, then drums, then guitar. Then as high school rolled around, um, I started a band with some friends from church, and we would play at youth group. And then we would eventually start playing on, on Sunday mornings for church, and it was awesome. Hashtag faith, Right. Now fast forward a couple of years, we started writing our own songs. We recorded a couple records still playing at church of course, but but also kind of out around the city, coffee shops and and we were just having a blast. Now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this college bar heard about us and reached out to see if we would play there. And and you have to remember that we were church kids. And so we had no idea if we could actually leave church and go to this bar to play. Is it okay for us to go there? So we talk it over and we decide to give it a shot. And it was so fun. We were so awkward having no real understanding of how to be there, but we still played our songs and we did a good job and it was so fun. Now, after we finish, this is where it all comes back together. After we finish, this girl walks up and asks me a question. And She asks a question that goes on to shape my understanding for what we do and where it fits. She walks up and she says, so hey, guys, are, are you a Christian band? Are you a Christian band? And we're like, well, um, I mean, we're Christians and we're in this we're in this band. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're a Christian band. But what I was trying to sort out in the midst of this question, in the midst of hearing her ask this was, can we still be a Christian band at a bar? Can we still be a Christian band when we play our own songs about love and, and life and loss or was our designation, our category, our self-assigned hashtag of, of Christian, was that only reserved for official church business? What things that we did could be, you know, counted as faith, and what things that we did would just be us doing stuff? That's what I was trying to make sense of. And, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I don't know if you've ever processed what fits where and what what doesn't, but but imagine for just a second that someone approached you. And asked you the same question with a different action, a different fill in the blank. Let's say, let's say, for example, you're making a latte at Reborn Coffee on Foothill in Boston, incredible coffee shop. If you haven't been there, check it out. But let's say you're out there making a latte and someone walks in and says, So are you a Christian barista? What what would you say? Or maybe, maybe you're working on your car in your driveway and someone walks up to you and says, hey, man, are you a Christian mechanic? Or let's say you're, you're, you're out grading papers and someone walks up and says, hey, are you a Christian teacher or a Christian lawyer or a Christian mother or a Christian student or retiree? What what would you say? What would you say? What is your category that you fit in? Because we all do things. We all do things, and as Christians, we all want to be used by God. Amen. But what, but of all the things we do, of all the things we do, the question remains, what is actually useful to God? What counts as faith? What about our, our lives, our passions, our, our loves, our hobbies, our work? What about us fits into hashtag Christian? what is spiritual, and what is secular, what is sacred, and what is just us? What is just us? Well, that's what I wanna wanna unpack today. And I really feel like God is leading us to discover this morning, as we talk through categories, as we talk through hashtags for what we do, and what you do, whatever you do. And listen, I promise, If you stick with this, stay focused for the next 15 minutes, we'll all come out on the other side with a fuller understanding of what God is leading us to become in 2021. So stick with me. Deal? Deal. If you have your Bibles, follow me quickly to Colossians 3. You might already be open. Uh, Just turn the page from chapter 2 to chapter 3. And we're going to be starting in verse 15. Colossians chapter 3 Verse 15, and again, this text from Colossians, it's speaking to a church not unlike ours, to a community filled with committed followers of Jesus faithfully facing a cultural moment where all sorts of competing ideologies are begging for their attention. Empty philosophies working to pull the church away from their Orthodox understanding of Christ to a more humanistic perspective on life and faith and where they fit within God's work. And so, Paul, he, he was likely in prison somewhere around 60 AD, and he writes to them to help the church remember that what they do matters. Paul was writing to help, to help them remember that what they do matters, what, what we do matters in the kingdom of God. So check this out. And I hope this speaks to you. Colossians chapter three, verse 15. Paul writes, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude. In your hearts and this is the end and whatever you do whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him one more time verse 17 and whatever you do whatever you do, whether in word or deed do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him now Okay, back to the question from before about what fits within this category, this hashtag of faith. You tell me. After reading this passage, what parts of our lives can be committed to or described as Christian? What parts of our lives can be used to show the world what God is like? Any thoughts from the couch? Look at verse 17. Paul says, all of it. What parts everything, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this command of everything, whatever you do, this command, it creates a new reality for all who believe, for you and for me. A reality that tears down the walls, uh, that divide the secular and the sacred and forms one new whole life category called faith. We're the only distinctive The only qualifier for what is Christian, hashtag Christian, isn't so much the action, but the motivation for whatever you do. It's not the action, it's the motivation. And and I know for some of us this might sound totally ridiculous, totally insane, but I need you to understand that whatever you do can and will be used by God for for real. Whether it's picking up trash or, or planting trees, folding laundry, taking a walk, doing your taxes, building a chair, going on vacation, playing video games or brewing beer. God wants to use it all. God wants to use all of it to reveal himself to the world. And he will. God will use your life and reveal himself to the world through you. He will do it. But There's just one caveat. Just one caveat. God will use your life in whatever you do. God will make make sense of your past and bring purpose to your future every step of the way as long as, and this is it, as long as it's done in his name. God will use your whole life in whatever you do as long as it's in the name of the Lord Jesus. Incredible, right? God can use your love for convertibles or video games or coffee, God can use your love for gardening or hiking. God can use it all as long as it's in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's not the action, it's the motivation. But, but what does that even mean, right? I mean, it's incredible, amazing. It's almost hard to believe, but what does that even mean? Good question. Well, well this is key. And I, I need you to remember this. When Paul says, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, what he's just saying, essentially, is that whatever you do, do it as a representative of Christ working on God's behalf for his mission. Whatever you do, do it like Jesus would so that when people see whatever you do, they would catch just a glimpse more of what God is is really like in the process. Paul expands on this in his letter to the Corinthians bringing it even more into the ordinary in chapter 10 when he says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it so the world might see God through it. It's not about your actions. It's about your reflections. It's not about your actions, about your motivations and your reflections. And you know, there there are a few exceptions to this because, well, you can't do things in Jesus' name that Jesus wouldn't do himself, right? I mean, that makes sense. You can't sin for the glory of God. But listen, all I'm trying to say in this is that if you're a Christian, if you are a Christian, then everything in you and whatever you do must be rooted in this whole life category of faith. No more compartments, no more hashtags, a whole life category of faith. And that's what we heard in our opening scripture from Colossians chapter two. One more time, it says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow in thankfulness. You will overflow with the better reflection of Christ in whatever you do, in whatever you do. So one more time, God wants to use your whole life, your whole life, to make himself known and then kind of reassign it all into an undivided category called faith. Regardless of where you've been, regardless of, of what you've seen, regardless of what you know or what you don't, God is committed to taking whatever you do, whatever you do, and building something beautiful for the sake of the world. Amazing. God wants to use you. Amazing. Still, I mean, it's a shift, right? It's a shift to see our lives and what we do contributing to something more. It's It can be so hard for us to believe that the world might actually see God through us. So how can we begin to do things in the name of Jesus? How can we begin to do whatever we do, whatever you do, in the name of Jesus? Well, Paul, he gives us two quick instructions. And if you're taking notes, write these down. Two quick instructions for how to focus what we do toward that better reflection of Christ. And it all comes down to two things, right? Your heart and your mind. That you would first let God's peace rule your heart, and that you would let God's message teach your mind. Let God's peace rule your heart, and his message teach your mind. Check it out. We're almost done. Verse 15. Paul writes this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And what Paul is getting at here is that we must allow the peace of Christ or the redemptive work that Christ did on our behalf to bring reconciliation between us and God. We must allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts. And I know that sounds that sounds great, but what is that what is that really what does that really mean? Well, okay, in the ancient world to which Paul is writing. The heart, it wasn't just seen as an organ that pumps blood throughout the body or a romantic symbol for love. But rather, the heart was understood to be this core driving force for the entirety of your being. The heart defined you. The heart controlled what we did and why and how. So again, when Paul here, he writes, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, what he's saying is that that you have been changed by God. God made you new, he saved you, he redeemed you, and now you must let that peace that transformed you rule in your life, shaping everything you do from the inside out, shaping whatever you do from the inside out. And that has to come first. That's the first step. If you want your life to reflect the glory of God, your actions, whatever you do, must find its origin and its motivation in the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ, that's first. Second, quickly, once we begin to live with this new heart under this new rule of Christ, Paul says in verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach And admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You must let God's message teach your mind. This is second. You must let God's message teach your mind. But listen, your life cannot teach the world about God if you don't first know the message about Christ. Just like You can't do it all in the name of Jesus if you don't first know what Jesus would do. It just doesn't work that way. We need to learn. You need to learn and let the gospel of Jesus saturate your life. As Christians, we need to constantly be welcoming and bringing the message of Christ into our lives, into our families, into our days, into our rhythms, into our communities, and into our church. Teaching one another, encouraging one another, with the wisdom and truth of the scriptures. The gospel, the message of Christ has to influence, has to be the influence by which we respond in whatever we do, whatever you do. So whether in word or deed, it can be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this is it, this is the end. Thanks for sticking with me. This is it. It's not about the action, it's about the influence. It's not about the action, it's about the motivation, the reflection, and the influence. Jesus, he saved you, all of you, and every part of you, he saved you so that whatever you do might reflect his goodness. Jesus saved you so that whatever you do might reveal his kindness. Jesus saved you so that whatever you do in his name might be the reason, might be the reason the unbelieving world finally finds Peace, whether in word or deed, in word or deed, whether you're playing in a band at a bar or going door to door with Bible tracts, whether you're in seminary to be a pastor or trying to make it in Hollywood, Jesus saved you. He saved you so your life doesn't have to to find its end in you. So don't let it end with you. Instead, if you're watching, let us commit, you and me, let us commit to be a people of faith that are alive to show the world what God is like in all things. Let us be a church that chooses to live under the reign and rule of the peace of Christ. Let us be a community that welcomes the gospel into every inch of our being and every move of our doing. And let us, let us be a family that sees beyond the borders of spiritual and secular to occupy a reality where everything is sacred. Everything is sacred so that whatever we do might be done in the name of Christ. So that whatever we do might be done in the name of Christ and find its reflection as the glory of God. This is the way of Jesus and who God is leading us to become in 20, 21. So whatever you do, whatever you do, let us follow him. Whatever you do, let us follow him. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. We're so grateful that you love us and that you always lead to peace. We ask that you would just give us the courage, God, to start to see that our lives can make a difference in the world, God, that you want to use us, that you don't want to just throw away what we've done or what we do, but, God, you want to build with it. You want to build the future with our loves, with our passions, as long as our actions are determined by our motivations, our reflections, and our influence. God, we we have to put you first. So whether in word or deed, whatever we do might be done in your name, in your name. Jesus, I ask that you would make yourself known to someone today, maybe for the first time, God, that that they would come to know you and believe and be saved. They would sense that something is new and different about what they had just heard and they surrender to you again, maybe for the first time. Because God, we're all looking for the real thing. We're all looking for meaning and purpose and significance. We're all looking to to see that what we do doesn't die with us. And so God, we ask that you would take what we do, whatever we do, that you would take it and you would make much of our lives. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We're so grateful that you love us. And it's in your name. That we pray, whether in word or deed, the name of Jesus. And we also.